Hey, this is Jack Blades from Night Ranger and the damn Yankees. And you're checking out the Jeremy White Show. You guys, keep it up, Jeremy! The Jeremy White Show. Our next guest is one of the members of one of the most iconic American rock bands of all time. Their latest record, yes, 40 Years and a Night with Contemporary Youth Orchestra. Uh, Night Ranger, brand new live record coming out on October 20th, available wherever you get your music. The brand new live music video for You Can Still Rock in America, available now on YouTube. Go and stream it, check it out. And, of course, they're celebrating their 40th anniversary on tour right now. Tour dates all the way through to December. They'll be in Kansas City, Anaheim, jeez, uh, uh, Tacoma. Hello, Tacoma! Cherokee, North Carolina, all that and more. Uh, visit their socials for more info. Welcome to the show for the first time, the one, the only, Jack Blades from Night Ranger. How's it going? Hey, it's great to be here. Great to be with you guys, man. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, first of all, you're in your home studio. Talk a little bit about the studio. What do we got here? You, you do a lot of recording in there, I guess? Or is it late? Is it demo um, studio? You know, it's just, just kind of like my hangout room, you know? It's just a room to come and just kind of have fun, hang out, and just get away from the world and just, you know, just do stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> Man cave. Yeah, something like that, you know? Got some old amps in here, some guitar. All my guitars are over here and stuff like that. So, well, you, you know, some, just you got some vintage rack mounted gear behind you. What have you got in the rack there? Oh yeah, I guess I guess you can see it all. I don't know. You got all kinds of stuff. Oh, some great eleven um, original like eleven seventy sixes and focus rights and you know all that kind of stuff. Just just the stuff. I had a studio. Um, I had a ranch in Northern California for 40 years and, um, I had a very large recording studio there. And, um, and I, I, um, I, um, my wife and I moved out of California. We moved up to Washington state on an Island North of uh, Seattle oh, in wow. Puget sound. Yeah. And so we, um, so I just kind of racked up all the cool stuff that I wanted to keep and, and just got rid of all the rest. So your, your wife was basically like, you got to get rid of some of this shit. No, nah, she was like, that's the problem. She doesn't care. Look, I've been married 46 <laughs> years. That's a, that's a, it was like Tommy Shaw said, you know, and, and some guy came over to my ranch one time and was looking around and everything and goes, geez, Jack, what is all this stuff? And everything like that. And Tommy goes, yeah, Jack's never been divorced. He's still got all his shit. So, <laughs> nice. I thought, that, I thought that was pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, you know, hey, that's, that's, that's a good line happened. right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, talk about this live record. Uh, it must be pretty cool to have Night Ranger songs performed with an orchestra. I mean, I bet you didn't think that was that was in the cards. Oh man, I tell you what, it was like a it was like a dream come true. I mean, you know, you think about that, and you see other shows like I see Metallica. I've seen Metallica with the with the San Francisco Symphony and and just other shows and everything like that. And and you you know you go, God, wouldn't that be great if we could do it? We actually made it happen. It actually became a reality. And to hear all the Night Ranger songs with string arrangements and, and, you know, and horns and, 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 you know, an 80 piece orchestra. I mean, I felt like I was, you know, recording Mad Men Across the Water with frickin' Elton John or something with all the, <laughs> yeah, you sound like you're in a movie soundtrack. Yeah, right, right, exactly. It was just, it was just wild. I mean, a couple of times it was just, you know, it brought us to tears, really. I mean, it was that kind of, it was that kind of a moving experience, and I think that we captured it very well on the video and the audio of the um, of the uh, the whole evening. and And I think people are going to really, really, really love this album. So, why uh, did you guys end up working with the Contemporary Youth Orchestra in uh, Cleveland? Like, is it because they? I mean, they worked with a couple of other great bands like Sticks and Pat Benatar, Starship. Was that why, or was there a specific reason? Well, yeah. I mean, I um, not. 
Well, well, the reason was um, the whole thing came about is because our tour manager is based out of uh, Cleveland, mm-hmm. and um, so the whole thing kind of, kind of, kind of hinged around that and everything like that. And then, of course, um, from Sticks and Tommy and and Tommy Shaw and uh, yeah. you know telling me about the experience with the with the um, you know contemporary youth orchestra and and all the you know the pros and the this and the that and how great it you know and all that kind of stuff and. And I watched his film. I watched uh, Bennett. Yeah, you know, I mean, I watched everybody's, you know, sticks, you know, all that kind of stuff. And and so when the opportunity arose, you know, basically we just said, let's do it. We jumped on it. And um, and here we are. Um, you know, that was in November, right? Wasn't it November or something like that? I think yeah. it was. I think it was in November of last year that we filmed the whole thing. Yeah, November 9th, 2022. That's it. That, thank you. I was looking on my phone trying to figure it out. You got it much quicker than me. Good. And it's kind of cool that it's a youth orchestra because everybody's between like they're all teenagers. Like, did it, did they know the music of Night Ranger going into this, or were they like, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah, probably, probably that was probably <laughs> the thing. They're like, what? You know, actually, I think that the um, the the, um, the orchestra conductor had um, had uh, um, done a couple Night Ranger songs. He charted a couple Night Ranger songs for them to just play and perform when they go out and play for the public and everything oh, like nice. that. And so. So it was kind of a natural. They, they kind of knew who the band was, but of course they didn't get to, you know, they just get, didn't get this deep in the weeds with us. Like, you know, we had to get with, you know, once this whole thing started developing. Right. That makes sense. Uh, 40 years and a night with contemporary youth orchestra. Uh, you can pre-order it now wherever you get your music. Night Ranger. It's a, it's fan, it sounds fantastic. And the live video you guys put together, like it looks great. Sounds great. I mean, it's a, it's a good package. Yeah, I think um, I think even today, I think Sister Christian's coming out as a as a teaser for it or something like that. Even today, I think oh, today's sweet. the day or something like that. And and so um, you know, the whole thing comes out. I think what did they say? October twentieth. Yeah, uh, t- October twentieth. Yeah, but we're gonna start putting little pieces out until then and everything like that. And um, so it's yeah, it's exciting. We're really we're really stoked. We're really excited about it, and I think everybody's gonna love it. Take me back to the time of the '80s when you guys were. Recording, you guys were, you know, one of the biggest bands in the world. I mean, you're still touring con- constantly. I don't think Night Ranger's never not on tour. <laughs> I saw you guys a couple of years ago with uh, Sammy Hagar, Mitch LaFon, and I. We drove down to Guilford, and we saw you guys. Oh, I love it. We just played Guilford with um, with uh, Brett Michaels, the Party Gras thing. Yeah. The, um, Brett Michaels Party Gras. And it was, oh, man, I love it. Where's my sweatshirt? I have my sweatshirt. They gave us wonderful sweatshirt. I nice. love that venue. Guilford, New Hampshire. It's so killer. A lot of Canadians can come down for that show. Exactly. Yeah. And, I was just yeah. down there to, uh, I saw Hank Williams Jr. Like two weekends ago at the, the Hank Jr. Get down. That's yeah. awesome. That was a good That's time. awesome. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, we always have a great time in Guilford and those kind of shows. And when we play with Hagar, it's always a blast with Hagar. Dude, we started out before we even had a record contract. Before we even had a record deal back in 82, um, before we even cut the Dawn Patrol album, Sammy put us on some shows that he played around the Bay Area. He did this tour, like, taking it to the people, nice. you know, and he put us on the shows, and we were like nobodies, you know. That's what, that's right. When we first started out, we were in the Bay Area, right? And we, everybody knew everybody in the Bay Area. And Brad and I and Kelly had come from this band called Rubicon, which is a punk rock band. And, but we all knew everybody. The guys in Journey lived a block away from me. Um, um, the, you know, Sam was right up in Mill Valley, right above me. I lived in Mill Valley. He lived in Mill Valley. And our keyboard player, Alan Fitzgerald, was the keyboard player for, for Sammy. And also, he was the bass player with Montrose and, and Gamma and stuff like that. So, so it was just a natural. And, um, and, and, I mean, it was great because Bill Graham, the big famous rock impresario yeah. um, in San Francisco, used to put us on shows. In fact, I just 
Somebody just sent me some, sh- oh God, from 1981 when we opened for, for Priest, for Judas Priest at, at the Oakland Arena. And, and we're nothing. We're nobodies, man. Nobody even knew the songs or anything. And we're up there just rocking out and playing and playing solos and everything. Everybody's cheering, you know, come on. You know, it was just, it was great. I mean, Grant, Bill Graham really took good care of us and that kind of like helped us in the Bay Area. And then once we got a record deal, boom, we went off. In fact, our first tour was with Sammy on the Three Lock Backs tour in 1983. Right. That's kind of hilarious. That's a really cool bill. Judas Priest and Night Ranger. I would totally go to that. Oh, dude, dude, we played some wild buildings. Man, we were Rubicon. When we were in Rubicon, we were a funk rock band. Check this out. Check that out. We were a funk rock band, and Graham put us on at the old Waldorf. Uh, the old Waldorf. It was in San Francisco. It's like a big club in San Francisco with Motorhead. And here what? we are, like, yeah, yeah, right, right. Here we are, like a a, a funk rock band, like a seven piece horn section band, like da da da. You know, slap style. Everybody's jamming, and you know, and all this kind of stuff in front of freaking Motorhead, dude. I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome. Guys were standing right in front of us, and just like right in front, just like you know, not getting it, not getting it, just like kind of looking at us. Then after a while, there'd be guys standing in front of us, just going like this, (laughs) just fucking with the bird. You know what I mean? Just holding the bird. It was hilarious. It was awesome. And then later on, I even talked to Lemmy about it when we, you know, we'd run into him at the, um, at the rainbow up in, um, in Hollywood, you know, on Sunset Boulevard yeah. and we'd laugh about it. Actually, we'd laugh about it in between his pinball games. I was watching the interview you did with Kenny Aronoff like, like a year ago or something like that. And I was getting, I was cracking up at the stories you told about auditioning for, um, ah, the funk band. Who was it? Sly. Sly. It was Sly, Sly. Sly in a family Sly, stone, right? Sly in the family stone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the band Rubicon. Well, Jerry Martini was the sax player for Sly and the Family Stone. He started the band Rubicon that, that we okay, did so two albums with. that was the with, connection with there. That was the connection there. So when he brought me up from Palm Springs, Palm Desert, California, back in 19, God, 75 or something like that, that's the first thing he did. He took me over to Sly's house. Yeah, it was crazy. Kenny's badass, dude. Aronoff, yeah, Kenny's he's great. A, he's a motherfucker drummer, man. It's like, it's awesome playing with Kenny. I just love it. And we have so much fun. We laugh and joke. The whole time we're together, it's like we're, we're just we're doubling over laughing so hard about everything. It's just so much fun. Look, isn't half the battle like being a good hang at the end of the day? I I think it's all about, I mean, you don't want to, look, let's put it to you this way. Would you rather be about around with somebody who was like having a good time and laughing and joking and saying, Hey, pull my finger or some fucking pompous asshole. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, yeah. so, it's like uh, Oh no, 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 no autograph. Don't touch me. It's like, Hey, fuck off. Yeah. You know, next, you know what I mean? That's a, yeah. Is know? that the secret to, you know, being in a band like night ranger? Like you guys have to like each other, right. To be together this long. I, I mean, I mean, we, we have so much fun. I, <laughs> I tell you, I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you who the band was, but a, a very famous band's manager was backstage with us before, you know, before we went on and before they were gone, we were opening up for them and stuff like that. And he was in there hanging with us and we have music blasting. We're playing, you know, we're playing, you know, you got another thing coming by, you know, priest or we're playing some, you know, Ozzy or something like that. And we're, we're jamming out, getting all pumped up for the gig and everything like that. And, and having shots of tequila and hanging out and, and laughing and telling stories. We're all having a great time. And we're getting ready and we're walking down the stage and he's just watching this whole thing. And he walks out as I'm getting ready to walk on stage. He goes, he says, you guys actually like each other, don't you? And he was like shocked at that. And I looked at him and I'm like, yeah, we do. And like, what I a mean, concept. 
Yeah, what a concept. I mean, we have a ball, you know, after all these years. We This is our 40th anniversary this year, and, and we're having so much fun. I mean, it's just a blast being on stage. We're laughing and joking, and, and like I said, backstage is the same thing. It's just laughing and joking, music blasting, people coming in. We're just having a ball. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to talk about the 80s really quick. I mean, just about, like, recording-wise, because some of the greatest-sounding records of all time have come out from the 80s. I mean, you know, people like Mutt Lang and Bruce Ferber and, like, those records that they were producing and just, like, the engineering aspect. And I always really got a... I always really liked the way Night Ranger's records sounded. They always sounded pleasurable. They sounded commercial, but in, like, a good way. Like, it was, they always sounded good to the ears. Like, you put on Sister Christian or Rock in America, like, even the damn Yankee stuff, the, the records sound fantastic. Um yeah, yeah. What was it like being in the studio in the '80s, like compared to today? Like, well, um, it, <laughs> dude, it's a whole different animal, man. I mean, you're you know you're cutting everything on fat ass two inch tape. You know what I yeah. mean? And you're you're having to do track after track after track. There was no like auto tune. You know, there's no Pro Tools. There's no n- none of that kind of stuff. I mean, you're singing. Everything that was on there was freaking sung. You know, you didn't fly things. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. I mean, everything was just pretty, it was pretty intense. I mean, I know some nights we'd be sitting there till five in the morning. I mean, going over and over and over a line, you know, like one vocal line. It's like, this is that, this is that. No, that's a little fun. No, it's a little sharp. You know, no, I think you can do better. You know, I mean, it's like crazy. You know, it was wild. I mean, I'll give you a, for instance, the, the most classic, iconic, drum beat at the end of sister christian where kelly kelly we finished the um the um brad's finishes the solo and and kelly goes bum you know he does that drum thing right i mean that was that that was born out of pure frustration it was about 3 30 or 4 in the morning we'd been doing the endings and kelly just couldn't get the the right drum pattern right and he was so freaking pissed off and he was so frustrated at our producers because they were just going, nah, Kelly, that's not it. Kelly go, nah, nah, just don't have the spirit. I mean, this went on for hours, dude. This yeah. is like, oh my God, it was like painful. And finally, at the end, Kelly just goes, just at, at the end of this one thing you take, he just went, and he stood there and looked at me, threw his drums down like, you know, just it was like giving them the big middle finger, and there everybody was in the, We were all in the control room going, "That's it, that's it." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's stuff like that that just happens by accident. Yeah. And and back then, you know, that's what happened. You know, with when you were making, you know, when you were cutting records on two inch tape and having to do everything and sing everything and play everything. You know, it's a whole different animal now, and, and in a lot of ways, it was really fun. You know, it was a really great time and a great experience and a great learning experience, you know, for all of us, because we spent basically we were in the studio all the time. So we never had like, you know, red light fever, you know, some, mm-hmm. some guys, you know, the light comes on and they're like, Ugh. yeah, you know what I mean? They're panicked and so I didn't freeze up, but it, we were, we're, we're the opposite because we spent so much time in the studio and, and so it's, it's still that way with us, you know, on stage as well as in the recording studio. Yeah. Uh, look, a lot of the artists have always said the the perfections in the imperfections. That's that's so true. I mean, how about that bleed through on 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 whole lot of love? You know, where there was so much tape saturation, and you hear his, you know, you hear the way sh- down inside, you yeah. know, honey. Then you hear, 
now. He was singing a different line and a different thing that they didn't use, but it saturated. They made it so hot and it saturated on the tape that you kind of hear that. And mm-hmm. it's like a hit of that. I mean, there's stuff like that that goes on all the time on, on, on all those records that you hear. Yeah. I mean, check out the bass playing on Maggie May. I mean, I think that's Ron Wood playing the bass. And there's so many freaking mistakes on that. But that makes that song so killer. Yeah. It's so killer that so way. So groovy, you know what I mean? just, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And those guys are just in there banging it away and just, bah, bah, wake up, bang it. And he's playing it. And he's just like jamming it like it's an electric guitar, you know. Yeah. And, and he's and he's he's changing like when they go to a different section, he's still playing the other section, and then he kind of <laughs> fakes it like he's not. And then he, it's wonderful, man. You know they were I love fucked that kind in of the stuff. studio and just like cutting oh, that dude. live off the floor, like having fun. It even sounds like that, dude. On that album, every, every that's one of my favorite albums. Every picture tells a story. I still listen to that all the time. You know what I mean? I mean that first album of Rod Stewart's was just so great. You know those guys were just so. They were tanked. They were hammered. They were having a bash. You hear them yelling in the background, whoa, on the drums. And, yeah. Oh, it's just great. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what, that's kind of what happened back then. You know what I mean? That's what it's kind of what it was all, it was all about when we were, you know, when we were making records back in the eighties and everything like that. And then it got, you know, in the nineties, everything got, you know, surgical and clinical and sterile. And mm-hmm. I mean, even the, even, you know, even CDs from that point, everything became digital and, and you didn't get that fatness that you would from, from, you know, kicking, you know, kicking that, you know, kicking that bass up and, and digging those deep grooves on the album. That's why everybody loves, you know, everybody's going back to like, you know, checking out vinyl. I mean, you know, yeah. where's, where's the, you know, here, you know, I mean, we've got like night Ranger on vinyl. Yeah. You know, come on, come on. We got our, our newest album on vinyl. I mean, those big records, weren't they killer? I loved albums. I, I loved album record. covers. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and, and you know I what? They're it. putting out like multiple different colors. Like Shania Twain just part of the new album this year. I bought all six limited edition colors because I'm a fan. I had to have them. There you go. I mean, good, uh, good Canadian. You're a good Canadian, aren't yep. you? That's <laughs> it. You got to support the but local no, artists, have, you know? <laughs> it's a, yeah, totally. It's totally. But it's the same thing with us on the new, um, the, the, the album that we released with the, uh, the night with the contemporary youth orchestra. We're putting out with a like limited edition a yellow vinyl and a, nice. I think a red vinyl and a, you nice. know, different colored vinyls and stuff like that. It's like, why not, man? At this yeah. stage of the game, we're having a blast and we're having fun doing everything. And that even goes down to making the records, putting them out, printing them, doing everything. Let's have fun with it all. You know what yeah. I mean? That's where it's at for us. Uh, talk about guitarists for a little bit. Cause you've had the opportunity to work with some incredible players over the years from Brad Gillis to Tommy Shaw to Ted Nugent. I mean, like, you you kind of almost have the infinity stones of great 80s guitar players <laughs> oh totally i mean i mean yeah i mean neil sean's a very good friend of mine we've written you know he and i co-wrote some you know co-wrote songs with journey and with john kane and stuff like that yeah. on journey albums and, and everything like that and i've done a lot of stuff at you know neil's played on a, on a solo record with my you know we've jammed a lot we've played a lot i mean neil's an amazing guy yeah i've been i've been really 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 blessed you know mm. i mean right down to so like, you know, those kind of guys and, and Nugent, you know, with, with Ted and, and Tommy Shaw is probably one of the more underrated guitar players on the planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, and just, I mean, um, Doug Aldrich, uh, you know, with Revolution Saints, I played with yep. Doug Aldrich. Doug, oh, I just had him on dude, the show Doug. like two weeks ago. Good, for, He's a good friend of the show. Neil, too. Like, geez, I've had all these guys on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Doug is, oh, Doug is just like, I mean, he has, a, you know, he has a sixth sense. Like, not sick, not S I C K. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sixth. You know yeah. I, mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what I think makes a great guitar player. 
You know, I mean, they all have that 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 sensation. I mean, I, I I'll tell you the the only two times where I've been like taken to another place on stage was when we were with the damn Yankees and Ted was playing a solo once. God, I wish what, I knew what city was. I mean, there's like we're in a, an arena with like fifteen thousand people and. And he was, he was soloing, he was playing a solo and everything. I was like, you know, we're out there rocking, everybody's screaming and yelling all of a sudden. And I swear to God, this is the truth as God's, God's honest truth. All of a sudden, every, everything just went and everything was real quiet. And, and it was almost like I was floating above everything. And it was the strangest experience. And it, and it, uh, and, and I'm just sitting there and then, and then, and then it just kind of, floated and floated and floated and then all of a sudden <clears throat> back in the real you know you know thousands of people out there and ted just wailing away but it all it happened when he hit a note man he was like yeah. it was like Aah. he hit one like certain note and it just took me uh, uh, that happened twice to me in in damn yankees that has never that's never happened to me before man it's just wow. crazy I mean, yeah, Ted's, a, yeah. Ted's a good friend of the show. He's been on, you know, multiple times, and I tell him all the time he's he's one of the most underrated guitar players because oh, dude. F- from the licks to his the dude can the man can shred like he's just he's never he's never on those lists of great guitar players, but he has to be on there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just he's. A, I remember we were playing down in L.A. at I don't know Universal Amphitheater or something like that. And all the guitar player, all the guitar guys from L.A. were were there, and and Steve Vai, Steve Vai was there backstage with us and stuff like that. And and after the show, Steve came back and he was like, he he said to Ted, he said, um, "Where's your rack?" And he, Ted goes, "My rack." He goes, "Yeah, you know your rack with all your effects." Wow, you want to see my tits? Effects. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. It's like you were doing all those you were doing all those effects out there and everything like that. Ted does he's so he's like so old school in that respect everything is done with his phone pot and his volume pot yep. he didn't yep. have pedal i mean maybe a wah-wah pedal that was mm-hmm. it but i mean everything else is done with his tone pot and his volume pot and he's like you know he's, he's telling he's telling steve he's like i don't have i don't have any effects there's no rack there's yeah. no there's, it's just me it's me and his fingers and and doing this and that and the yeah. other i mean that's that's the kind of guy ted is and then of course you know we you know with brad gillis and you know, um, original guitarist Jeff Watson with Night Ranger, and I mean, it's two great, great, amazing guitars. Brad is, Brad is still. I mean, you know, come on. I mean, Ozzy grabbed him, and, and we never yeah. thought he was going to come back. Even you know what I mean? <laughs> were when you he, upset when at Brad playing. when he left to go play with Ozzy? No, no, because we were just getting a record deal at that time, and we'd just gotten it. But but he mm. said, yeah, yeah, I'll be back, and we're like, here is what happened. Like Kelly and I, Kelly and I, like like he went on tour with Ozzy. And they were doing one of those radio shows. I, I, you probably don't remember, but it's like King Biscuit Flower Hour or something like that. It was like back in the like eighty two. It was nineteen eighty two actually. Mm-hmm. And um and um and and so we listened. It was it was being broadcast from like Mid South Coliseum in in um, Memphis, Tennessee. And 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 so Kelly and I tuned into it on on the radio. You know, on the FM. You know, on like uh, where were we? KOME or one of the stations, San Francisco or something like that. Right. And so we. And, and so we, 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 we turned it on and we're listening to it and the show started and Brad sounded so freaking good. I mean, so amazing. The, the, the show sounded so amazing. We just looked at each other and we said, he's never coming back. Mm. He's not coming back, man. That's the end of that. But you know, sure enough, he came back and here we are 40 years later. If he didn't come back, who would you replace them with? There was never a, an option number two. Mm. 
Thank God he came back. I never even, <laughs> I never, that was not even in the cards, man. I can't even think of one. Yeah. Nobody can nobody can replace Brad Gillis, man. I agree. Especially the fact that you know, I've I've played with him for now, like since Rubicon and everything, like literally for forty five years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just yeah, nobody can replace him. I, I put Brad up there with like guys like Keith Scott, like, you know, they don't get the recognition, but man, the fucking they play. Oh man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing. So I've been really fortunate to be able to play with so many, like you have, you know, with so many great guitar players, you know, from, you know, from a top Matsumoto from the bees, the Japanese, um, the famous band, the bees, B apostrophe Z. Mm. Um, we did a TMG album with, um, Eric Martin, myself and talk. And we did a, um, an out, you know, talk Matsumoto group, TMG and talk amazing guitar player too, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been very blessed and very fortunate. I'll have to check out Bees. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. I mean, they've sold like eighty million records in Japan. You know, when you walk around with the when you walk around with talk, it's like you know, it's like Elvis. You know, it's right. like or the it's like the parting of the Red Sea. You know, you're you're we're in Japan and everybody's like, oh, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. Japanese audiences, man, they they're they're the best apparently. They are. Our fans have been with us since the very beginning. I mean, we broke first. Actually, we had our first gold records in Japan in 1983. They presented them with gold. They presented us with our um, those <laughs> those albums right back there. Those two albums, nice. The, the Dawn, Dawn Patrol and the Midnight Madness. Um, when we when we went over for the Midnight Madness tour in Japan, that was our first tour. All the shows sold out, and Japan has been just great for us ever since. It's been unbelievable. The fans are great. The fans are wonderful, and. And there's a lot of, you know, there's there's some cool stuff brewing right now. So it's, yeah. it's, it's always good over there. And talking about Japan, uh, they also get the Japanese bonus track of High Enough on 40 Years and a Night with Contemporary Youth Orchestra. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. How do they how do they rate, man? I mean, it's like we must really like the Japanese audience. The we Japanese, do. They always get the Japanese the bonus ass, track. You know, I'm one Dude, of those. I, I, I love I love Tokyo. I mean, I, I probably know Tokyo better than I know Cleveland. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like crazy. It's crazy. I've been there so many times. I love that. Well, uh, look, we're running out of time here, but uh, Night Ranger, they're currently on tour celebrating their 40th anniversary, and you got to check out this incredible live record, 40 Years and a Night with Contemporary Youth Orchestra, coming out October 20th, available wherever you get your music, and check out the live videos for uh, You Can Still Rock in America, and Sister Christian's going to be coming out pretty soon, too, so... Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, you said it all, Mr. Jack Blades. You've said it Dude, all. Having a ball. Having a ball. Having a ball. Say hi to all our buddies up there up north. Everywhere you're 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 rocking and rolling, man. Yeah, we, we gotta it. get Rock we gotta roll. get you up to Montreal at some point. When are you gonna get up to? Hell Canada? yeah! Hell yeah! When's Night Ranger gonna play Canada again? Come on, we did that thing with Journey and Loverboy once, and yep. and that was great. And come on, man, it was in the dead of winter, and it was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. You know what I mean? We need Night Ranger call to come Brian in the winter to warm things up. Yeah, call Brian Adams. Will you tell Brian we want to we want to open for Brian Adams? I think that would be perfect. Have, have you guys ever played with Brian Adams? No, no. So that's like a bucket <laughs> list thing for you. Oh, dude, he's badass, bro. He's badass. He's yeah. he's absolutely badass. I mean, he's a wonderful. Yeah, and then just you know, I've heard so much about him from Neil and from all the guys in Journey and everything like that. Yeah, man, we got to come up to your neck of the woods. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, go check out Night Ranger on tour. Uh, visit nightranger.com for all their tour dates and uh, VIP packages and all that stuff. Get a photo with the band. Buy a rock t-shirt. Come on. Come on. We'll see you at the shows. We're playing everywhere twice. So come on down. 
We're rocking and rolling. We're not going to give up, man. This is the uh, this is you can still rock in America forever tour. An all new episode of the Jeremy White Show available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews and episodes on demand now. Subscribe so you don't miss any of it.